Hey, we both forgot our mics. That's hilarious. All right, and we are live talking about how we messed everything up. So one of our stories today uh, has the F word in it. It actually has quite a lot of profanity, has quite a lot of uh, expletives, you might say. And uh, Valeria asked me, uh, before we started the show, she was reading the headlines and she goes, do, do I have to say the F word? <laughs> and I was like, please do not say that word. <laughs> please do not say that word. Um, so we're going with Fs. We're going to say Fs. Okay. Uh, uh, I might have a hard time. <laughs> just the letter F. Just say the letter F, please. Okay. You're a little bit too bright. Should I bring you down? Yeah, you can. Uh, don't forget the intro. All right, Valeria will not fill the dead air with speaking. Apparently, we we've learned that just now. <laughs> she's not gonna just. She's not good at it's the small like talk. Five seconds, not like a minute. Huh? It's just five, five, seconds. five seconds. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, we can do the intro. You guys want the intro? Let's do the intro. Toxic masculinity. All right, there we go. The intro. You got your intro. Uh. So, obviously, I'm using this show uh, uh, for certain segments on my Mr. Reagan show. I'll take segments from this, the most popular segments. I'll put them on Mr. Reagan. And for the most part, a lot of people are very happy or don't even notice that there's a change in format, don't seem to care. Uh, some people write, I, I like the new change in format. I like, you, you know, your wife on the show. Uh, some people don't know it's my wife and say dirty things about her, <laughs> uh, uh, th- which is a little bit inappropriate, but kind of funny for me. <laughs> I think it's funny. I'm glad I'm not reading comments. Uh, uh, and then uh, what, what else is happening? Oh, but occasionally so people don't like uh, don't like the change and they're like, I'm going to stop watching this. I'm like, all right. You well, can you're stop. still watching it. Well, yeah, that, I guess that's their last show, but it's okay. You know, they don't have to watch. Um, the truth is, uh, I, I'm i trying some of these these videos out on Mr. Reagan to see how they go, to see how people like them. It's difficult to get a, a sense of how people perceive this format because just at the same time I started my Toxic Masculinity channel, or like a little bit after, maybe maybe a couple weeks after or a week after we started this, YouTube started completely limiting my videos on, on Mr. Reagan. So now I have uh, maybe about a third of the lowest number of views I used to get on my show. I'm getting about a third of that consistently on every video. So I'm getting somewhere between uh, 20 and like 35,000 views every video, which is I used to get more like 60,000 views minimum on my videos. Occasionally, I'd have a really bad one that would get like 40,000 or something. But Well, that's why you need to post more videos so you can take even more uh, video from um, Toxic Masculinity so you will beat the YouTube algorithm. Yeah, so now I've started using a lot more videos from Toxic Masculinity to counterbalance the fact that I'm getting so few views. But um, the, the really weird thing that I've noticed is that although a lot of my videos for Mr. Reagan... Just, just, just let it go, sweetie. Just let it go. It's fine. A lot of my videos for Mr. Reagan that I do that are are specifically for Mr. Reagan and and don't show on toxic masculinity. You know, they're they're researched and they're 
built from the ground up for that channel uh, are actually doing worse than some of the Mr. Some of the toxic masculinity clips that we're putting on Mr. Reagan. It's kind of funny. It's, it's, it's actually kind of annoying because I put so much work into my Mr. Reagan videos and for them to do not as well as some of the videos for toxic masculinity is, is just frustrating, but yeah, it is what it is. Cause, cause I can't get above, I would say, I can't get above like say 45,000. I can't get above 45,000 views. That's like the max views I can get now because YouTube is like capped me. They don't, they won't show my videos to people who are not subscribed. Um, so the only way that could happen, I guess, is external views. So, uh, posting off channel, off, off YouTube somewhere else. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, let's get into the show. Do you want to, do you want to read the first story, darling? Yeah, <laughs> I'll try. Okay. Pilots rant about liberal F's in San Francisco yeah, caught liberal on a hot F'd. mic. On a, caught on a hot mic. That's right. Um, Somebody, ooh, that's not good. Uh, somebody asked where the cat was. He's right here sleeping beautifully. Uh, so I just yeah. didn't uh, didn't let him sleep for the whole day. Did you? So. Did you play with him a bit? Yeah, he was trying to sleep. I was like, Austin, wake up, wake up too, too early, <laughs> perfect, too early. Perfect. You need to hold it for the show. <laughs> She's a good wife. Isn't she? All right, let's see here. Uh, pilot alleged rant about Bay Area caught on hot mic. Liberal f's. Um. So we actually have the audio of this. It's very, very difficult to understand, but I'll go ahead and play it for you guys real quick. Uh, let's see here. Where do I have it? Okay. Okay, so so there you have it. That is the. Uh, what, did that play? I didn't hear anything. Well, you didn't hear anything, but I think it. I think it. I think they heard it. Uh, let us know if you didn't hear that, and uh, you you have to monitor the uh, the comments. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you if you couldn't hear it, or if it was too difficult to listen to, I'll go ahead and read it for you. Um, so the unidentified pilot was heard on the on the radio frequency at Minette San Jose Airport as the flight taxied for departure. The outlet said, uh, "ABC Seven shared part of the pilot's no, alleged rant." No, there was rant. no sound. There was no sound. No, that was all dead air. All dead air. Dead air, Chris. At least Valeria's back. At least unprofessional. Sh- <laughs> yeah, that's least professional. The show least on professional back. show on. Uh, Okay, well, really, was there no audio? Ah, okay, let me let me fix this real quick. Default audio. Let's go ahead and... I don't understand how that couldn't... That wouldn't have worked. Um, okay, well, whatever, whatever. We'll, uh... There is a video. You can, trans- you can play the video and you see what they're saying. Now let's see if they can hear this. This is probably going to be an ad or something like that. 
A Southwest Airlines pilot was No, 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 no. I watched this. They're not. They don't. Oh, that's a shame. I'll just read it. Okay, so the unidentified pilot was heard on the radio frequency at Minette uh, San Jose Airport. Uh, he said, F this place, GD liberal Fs, like eight guns out here somewhere as it is. <laughs> I guess he's saying nobody owns guns. He writes, effing weirdos probably drive around in effing Hyundais, which I know Valeria's going to love that because she has a Hyundai. Um, effing roads and stuff that go slow as F, he reportedly said. Well, As, why why this bad? I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he associates leftists with Hyundais. I guess because people in the city drive Hyundais. But I think in my experience, at least in Portland, Oregon, where I used to live, um, lesbians, I know, tend to drive Subaru. Subaru. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a weird thing. I don't know why. They all love Subaru. Um, but... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if leftists they tend to drive uh, Priuses. Leftists tend to drive Priuses because they want to save well, the environment. Well, why, why I took Hyundai because it's. Uh, I had so many recommendations from my friends. Like you have a first car. It's a good car if you, it's your first car. I don't know. D- D- Valeria, I wouldn't be too offended. I'm by offended. This <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Uh, this guy just just went on this rant, which I think is hilarious. But he, I think he's going to get in some pretty big trouble for this. Uh, a spokesman of the company did not identify the pilot, uh, but he said that they, they're fully addressing the situation internally. Our corporate culture is built on a tenet of treating others with concern and dignity, and the comments are inconsistent with professional behavior and overall respect that we require from employees, a spokesman said in a statement. This situation is an isolated incident involving a single employee and not representative of the nearly 60,000 hardworking, respectful people of Southwest Airlines. You know what? I, I think it's fine. You know, people need to blow off steam sometimes. Okay, the guy accidentally caught got caught um, ranting over the... Over the radio. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I wonder why that didn't play. Let's see here. But how can you get caught on a hot mic? Like, why would you say stuff like this? Because you always have a mic. It's not. Well, yes, but it's not always broadcasting to the tower. I think sometimes you're just, it's either off or you're talking to the guy next to you, like the co-pilot. I think he was talking to his co-pilot, I think is what was happening. And for some reason, it was broadcasted outside of there. Oh well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know why this this desktop audio isn't isn't playing. That's very weird. It should be. Is your friend a leftist, Valeria? <laughs> Mark, I'm not I don't have a liberal friend. That is true, yeah. Even her even I her don't. gay friend out here is not actually uh, My um, gay friend, he was uh before the election he was against both of those. Uh-huh. Trump or Biden. He was, there we go. Okay, finally. I just think it's hilarious how this guy's like, how this guy's like, effing liberal f's, effing this F, and effing that, and then in between, this guy's going like, uh, "All right, you're cleared for uh, blah, 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 you yeah, know, like he's yeah, doing all this yeah. professional crap, you know." And then the other guy's just like, "Effing this and effing that." It's, it's pretty funny. The the uh, you know the switching back and forth, I think, is funny. 
Uh, anyway, that was just kind of a silly story. Actually, so they There's fired not... him. What are they going to do? Oh, I they haven't said, but I assume he's fired. Yeah, I mean that's my guess. But anyway, well, uh, that was a little bit of a silly story to get us started. But I thought it was a bit of fun. Uh, sorry, the audio didn't work at first, but I got it working. Um, shall we move on to the next story, darling? Or do you want to talk about you? You, you were talking about your friend being not a leftist, and yeah, I interrupted. Yeah, I talked to him uh, yesterday, and he said he accepted he is upset that Trump didn't win. Didn't win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've talked to him a little bit about politics mm-hmm. before. He's the he's the most conservative gay man I've ever met in my life. I mean, actually, what's really funny is one of my best friends, probably my best friend in L.A., also gay, Valeria's best friend in L.A., gay, or, or one of her best friends, and uh, they're both, like, at least kind of conservative. My friend's more moderate. Mm-hmm. He's more of an anti-leftist than he is a conservative, I would say, but... Uh, and then her friend is a conservative gay, and I was like, "We got to get your gay and my gay together." And then, and then I sent, I sent my friend pictures of her friend, and he goes, "Oh, he's way too hot for me." <laughs> he's like, "I could never date that guy. He's too good for me." It's pretty funny. He's very fun. My friend's very funny. Her friend's very conservative. Uh, yeah, we love them both. Great, great, great people. Great guys. Uh, all right. So, uh, shall we move on to the next story? Biden to sign gun gun control executive orders, White House confirms. Yeah, so let's, I I think we should just actually just listen to what Jen Psaki has to say about this. I mean, it's been hinted that there's going to be some kind of executive orders, but it hasn't, nobody's ever said anything because it would, it would almost certainly be unconstitutional. I mean, there, I, to me, there's no question. It, it would be unconstitutional. Well, Biden said before, before the election, if you if you run in country by executive orders, you are you are a dictator. Yeah, and First now he's and office. now he's running the country by First executive orders. in order. office, he signs fifteen. They, I, I read about their response to that, and and the response was that he said that there are specific things that shouldn't be. Uh, uh, done by executive order, but lots of other things can be done by executive order. But there's specific things that shouldn't be. And then the other defense was most of his executive orders were actually just um, um, nullifying Trump's executive orders. So it, it, it wasn't actually legislating by executive order; rather, it was just removing Trump's executive orders. But we've gone way past that. I mean, that's that's a terrible uh, that's a terrible uh, justification because he's not. He's not doing that. He is actually legislating by executive order, one hundred percent. Well, let's just let's just listen to what she has to say real quick here. And just to get some clarity on yesterday, are we should we still be expecting executive orders from the president on gun measures? Yes. Or what's, what do you like a month from now? What do you think the time frame? I, I can't give you an exact time frame, in part because they have to go through a, a review process, which is something that. Uh, we do from here. Uh, you know, I will note that um, you know when we, when the president was the vice president in the Obama Biden administration, he helped put in place 23 executive actions to combat gun violence. It's one of the levers that we can use, that any federal government, any president can use to help address uh, the prevalence of gun violence and uh, address community safety around the country. Uh, at the same time, he continues to believe that there is an opportunity to uh, engage with. Congress. There are two background bill, background check bills that um, are have been proposed, have been introduced, have been working their way through. Uh, there have also been legislation introduced to ban an assault weapon, ban assault weapons. But he also believes that there is an opportunity, and and sometimes that the 
best path forward is working through states. Uh, and there has been uh, progress made, we've seen over the last several years. 20 states now have extended background checks. 19 states have read. All right, so so she is saying that there's a there's a variety of different things that they're going to probably be doing here uh, with regard to gun control, but um, but her her initial response is very telling. Her initial response was yes. yes. Uh, I believe I believe in her head it was pronounced yes, queen. <laughs> You're gonna say that. Uh, well, you know, that's what leftists say. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, they didn't, this story doesn't have much to it. This is, this is in the Daily Caller. Uh, they just wrote, uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed Friday that President Joe Biden intends to sign executive orders instituting increased gun control. And then at the end of it, she's, you know, it says uh, Biden hinted at this previously. Uh, <laughs> let's see, the New York Times reported that gun control advocates felt betrayed by Biden's comments. Because he didn't say we're definitely going to do this, and so now we're getting this from it. I don't mind background checks. I think it's a good thing. Well, background checks fine, but um, there are a lot of other uh, things that they're trying to do. I mean, I, I, honestly, sky's the limit when it comes to Democrats. They could start banning all kinds of crazy stuff. So we're just going to have to see what the executive orders that he that he signs are. But my guess is that a lot of the executive orders he's going to be signing moving forward and and even some of the legislation that is going to be um voted on by the house and the senate uh going forward in the next four years i think a lot of it's going to be unconstitutional and this is why i'm a little bit concerned that they're going to probably pack the court because so here's how just justices and judges work as far as i've been able to tell over the years conservatives will tend to um, adjudicate based on the law and based on the Constitution. Leftists tend to adjudicate on what they want, right? So this is why we call them activist judges, right? Um, you know, like like a- activists who go around burning down buildings and looting stores and crap. You so, mean peaceful protesters? Yeah, the peaceful protesters, right. <clears throat> we now have the same kind of situation. Well, not now. We've had for many, many years. Um, you also have the same kind of situation, but in the judicial system. So you will get nominees by, say, like, um, you will have judges put in place by leftist politicians who are not there to assess the law accurately, but rather to, to adjudicate based on leftist ideas of what they think they, they want the world to look like. So instead of saying, this is what the Constitution says, they say, basically, this is what we should be doing, and therefore, this is how I'm going to adjudicate. Um, so leftist judges tend to be activist judges, and conservative judges tend to be um, tend to try to be fair and just, right? They, you know, they say justice is blind, like the statue of the personification of justice. She's got mm-hmm. a blindfold. That's basically to say that <laughs> Lady Justice or the concept of fair justice is not uh, being. Are you reading comments that you find amusing? Super chat. All right, I'll give. Give me a second. So the justice, the concept of justice is that justice doesn't side with one person because they're rich or because they're white or because they're black or because they're a a leftist or because they're a conservative, but they just uh, adjudicate fairly. Justice should be, you know, uh, distributed fairly in our country. Um, But justice is no longer blind in this country. Justice has a leftist bent 
if you're a leftist, you get off scot-free. You don't have to worry about any kind of consequences to your actions. But if you're a conservative, you will not only just be prosecuted for any kind of crimes you commit, you will be persecuted even if you don't commit crimes, if you just do something they don't like. That's what we're seeing happen in this country. I find it incredibly disturbing. Um, and now we're going to start legislating through executive action. It looks like hardcore. All right, let's. I know you want to get to the super chat. Apparently, it's hilarious. All right, let's do it. Go ahead. Read the super chat, Donna. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Gloudman. Uh huh. Gloud Gloudman. Looks like. I think. Uh, Christian Valeria, a stunning blonde Russian, <laughs> and smooth talking, insightful, smart, and hardworking man. You're going to grow and do even more. Oops. Great things. Just wanted to say thank you for both you your hard work. Well, thank you, Jonathan Gladman. That took a long time for me to read. Yeah, no, you did a great job. Uh, I, I'll be honest, Valeria does not have blonde hair. She has light yeah, brown hair. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was, I was <laughs> smiling because blonde Russian and I'm sh- that's what I was thinking like Chris is going to say no no she's got dark hair I like blonde I, I hair. prefer if she I mean when when we got what when do you we prefer? got together what do you prefer when we got together she found out that I prefer blondes right you told her that well I don't yeah I don't know we, we somehow got involved in the conversation I wasn't like encouraging you to dye your hair or anything like that but uh immediately she goes I will never dye my hair blonde <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's fine. I think the perfect color for a person, whatever you color was you were born with, you just need to take care of your hair. I agree. I mean, your hair is beautiful. I don't think anybody would say your hair is... I was blonde. I was brunette. Now I'm just... You were blonde? I was. When? At uh, nine, ninth grade. Oh, oh, when you were a child. You dyed your hair blonde? I, I, was, I graduated at 16. Yes, I was blonde at 16. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'll show you pictures. Okay, show me pictures. Yeah, that's kind of cool. All right, so shall we move on to the next story, darling? Yeah. I guess your hair kind of looks blonde because it's a little bright. I don't know. Yeah, the the image, it looks more blonde than it does in real life. Well, not platinum blonde. All right, let's have a look at the next story. Suez Ship Crisis. Suez. 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 The Suez Canal. Suez Ship Crisis may cause worldwide toilet paper shortage. That's right. Go buy your toilet paper now, ladies and gentlemen, because you may not get the chance next week. Uh, we should stock up because like last time, last time we, we didn't stock up. I just thought, oh, people being crazy. This is going to last very long. And it lasted for like months. It lasted for months. We couldn't get toilet paper. We couldn't get paper towels. We need to get my paper towels as well because it's, you know, they, they make it the same way, basically. Um, all right. Let's see here. Suez Canal ship crisis may unleash worldwide toilet paper shortage. And this is real, guys. This is not fake. This is this is not like clickbait. This is genuine. Um, the massive ship blocking the Suez Canal may prove to be a titanic pain in the butt uh, by reportedly unleashing a toilet paper shortage not seen since the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. The owner of the Ever Given, which, by the way, I don't know why they call it Ever Given when there's a big name uh, splashed across the side of the ship that says Evergreen. What are they calling it? I don't know. Like somebody is like a typo or something like that. But like every newspaper is every single publication is calling this ship the ever given, which doesn't even make any sense. Unless unless the full name of the ship is no F's ever given. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So, uh, no, I don't understand that. That It's the evergreen clearly on the show. I don't know. It's clearly a scandal of some kind. Clearly some kind of conspiracy. Um, all right. The owner of the Ever Given, or Evergreen, whichever, the 200,000-ton behemoth that ran aground this week when high winds turned it sideways has apologized for the mega blockade, which is causing a global trade crisis. They apologized. Well, that's nice. <laughs> we are so sorry. <laughs> this never happens, I promise. Uh, all right. But the proverbial... S-H-I-T, could really hit the fan if it triggers another CP credit. They love their their puns about uh, about uh, poo and uh, bums and things like that. Anyway, uh, as a flotilla of cargo ships remain stuck behind the huge vessels. So here's the real problem. We're getting the real problem here. Walter Schulka, CEO of the Brazilian wood pulp company Suzano S.A. I don't know what S.A. stands for told Bloomberg News that the firm was struggling to transport the raw material for toilet paper amid the delays. The Suez bottleneck comes amid existing shipping container shortages sparked by increased demand in China and uh, and a reduction in supplies, the Express reported. So there's a comp- uh, compounding of problems. Let's see. Uh, Schalke was worried that the shipping woes are going to worsen, causing major disruptions to the pulp trade that could impact supplies of toilet paper. Producers don't have sufficient inventories according to Bloomberg. Uh, the Sao Paulo-based Susanna, uh, sorry, Susano, accounts for a third of global supplies of hardwood pulp, which is, I, I, I guess, how they make toilet paper. One third of the entire supplies comes from this one company, Susano. Isn't that crazy? So we're not getting toilet paper, <laughs> it sounds like. It's going to be tough to get toilet paper. So the toilet paper comes from overseas. Why can you not make it here? I mean, I suppose they could, but they just don't, you know, I guess mostly they make, I mean, I don't know if American toilet paper is going to be impacted as much as other places, but we'll, we'll see, I guess, uh, about 50 ships usually pass through the Suez Canal every day, but they have been blocked since the Taiwanese registered ever given or ever green, whichever ran aground. Lars Jensen, a container ship expert in Denmark told the UK's mirror the shipment of everyday household items uh, will be affected, including toilet rolls. Basically anything you see in stores, he said. Jansen said the block shipped is another blow to the global shipping system already broken by the pandemic disruption. This takes capacity out of the system that's already starving for capacity. Which means prices of things are good. Look how big that ship is. Look at this. This is like a, some kind of digger. Mm-hmm. And then that's the ship. That is unbelievably big. Let let me tell you guys something though that that you may not know about the ever given slash evergreen whatever. I just want to make clear. the The captain of this ship was in fact a woman. <laughs> oh no! They say they say women drivers are just as good as male drivers. Clearly, that's not true. Well, and I'm I a, think this may have been like I'm the, a woman. I'm terrible driver. <laughs> Well, she's not actually a terrible driver. She just didn't learn to drive until like last year. So, but she's not. I you're you're a very good driver. License for four years. Darling. You never used. You never learned to drive though. But I had the driver license. <laughs> I taught. I taught her how to drive on the mean streets of uh, of Oregon. Well, the country countryside. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I think she might be one of like the only ship like some very few ship captains uh, of cargo ships maybe the only one i don't know she was supposed to be like some kind of like um you know whenever there's a first woman to do something they become like a big deal so i think she was kind of famous actually russian expression is 
a woman on a boat yeah like big mistake <laughs> like something bad gonna happen I, really? I just realized that yeah on on a boat not even piloting it but just on a boat just being there right right yeah. women don't go on boats you're a disaster <laughs> you're just bad luck according to the russians not according to me i like women on boats Nice. Preferably, you know, multi-million dollar yachts. Um, okay, so let us... Uh, that That's pretty funny. Stock up on toilet paper, stock up on paper towels. Uh, I'm I'm certainly going to, because I don't want to be in the, stuck in the same position we were last time. We have very specific taste in paper towels, and I have very specific taste in paper towels and in toilet paper. I only... What are the... What, 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 what is the, uh, the toilet paper that we buy? Cottonelle. Cottonelle. I only get cottonelle toilet paper. And what's, I do. You do what? Oh, you I, I only buy. buy everything. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, but the other, what, what's the uh, what's the the paper towels that we use? Viva. 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 Oh, we use the Viva signature cloth paper towels. They kind of stick. <laughs> I, I absolutely love them. They're like such much. They're like a higher. When I was a kid, my, mom, my mother always bought us the cheapest toilet paper and the cheapest paper towels, and I always hated it because if I'd ever visit a friend's house or even like a relative, it was like, oh. This is so luxurious. <laughs> you know, they always have higher quality everything. And so as an adult, even though it's like a very stupid thing, you know, just like higher quality paper towels, higher quality toilet paper, I always want the absolute creme de la creme. That's probably not the best wording for that. But anyway, um, the best of the best toilet paper and paper towels. You guys can write in the comments what you like. Uh, you may think I'm totally wrong in my choices, but I like those brands. Um, okay, shall we move on to the next story? Um, our friend. Oh, we've got a super chat. Send us a super chat. Is it Daniel? It's a uh, Mr. Leather. Oh, mi- oh, oh yes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Go on. What's he? What's he have to say? We have the same in Germany in the UK. Women on boats are bad luck. Oh, is that true? In the UK? <laughs> Told you. Okay. Well, I'll just say his first name so nobody knows. Philip, my good friend Philip, gentleman. Philip's actually funny. I, I met him at a um, a men's rights conference. And uh, I, I was, uh, we were both staying at this hotel. And I went on the treadmill. I was trying to stay fit. And uh, I thought he worked there because he went up to me. Uh, like, excuse me. And I thought he was like working at the thing and he wanted to like see my ID from, because, you know, I was staying at the hotel or something. I, I wasn't really sure why he's addressing me. And then he was like, I'm a big fan of your show. I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> and uh, and we've we've been great friends ever since. And uh, I plan to visit him probably at some point this year. We're, we're going to have to talk about that, man. All right. So shall we, uh, shall we move on to the next story? Yeah. Okay. Transgender YouTuber says TCA is transphobic. Yeah, this is this I is. I do actually, have a question. Uh-huh. If you pass TCA and yeah. you are transgender, uh-huh. who is supposed to? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, Touch well, you. the I think the women get women and men get men. It's men. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so this is a pretty good transgender he 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 looks like a girl he he actually his voice is like a girl i imagine he probably pumps himself full of drugs that make him more feminine but uh yeah trans trans woman accuses tsa of being transphobic going through the scanner 
I've always had an anomaly between the between my legs that sets off the alarm. You think? <laughs> that's not being transphobic. That's just having to deal with an anomalous situation. I mean, if so you say you're a woman, is still there. Yeah. But she looks yeah. perfect. I mean, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He d- he did a good job. He's good with makeup. <laughs> and hair is awesome. Yeah, good job with the hair as well. Well, let's go ahead and watch this, and uh, you guys can see what you think uh, about what he has to say and see if what he's saying is makes sense or is completely crazy. Let me Let me actually go to YouTube. There's no audio coming through. That's strange. So people can't hear it? I don't think they can. Oh, I, I turned the audio off. That's why. All right. Sorry about that. And I am a woman, so that's great. Can we talk about how horrible it is to travel while being transgender sometimes? I always have immense anxiety leading up to going through security. And this being said, I totally recognize the privilege of having all of my documents correct. So the gender marker on my license, for example, says female. But going through the scanner, there's a male scanner and a female scanner in the TSA checkpoint. And looking at me, you know, I look like a woman and I am a woman, so that's great. I love having cis assuming privilege when I feel unsafe, such as in an airport. But going through the scanner, I always have an anomaly between my legs that sets off the alarm. And so she asked me if I had anything in my pants and I told her no. And she's like, well, maybe it's just like the metal on your shorts. So let's scan you again. So I did. And then it set it off again. And I was like, look, I'm trans. Just pat me down. And her solution was, do you want to be scanned as a man instead? I didn't, but I ended up doing it. And then my boobs set off the scanner because of course. So I tried to make a joke of it. I was like, oh yeah, there's a lot of plastic in there. It's fine. So then she was like, okay, well, we have to pat you down. And she was like, do you want a man to do it? I said, no, absolutely not. Side note, to cheer me up, I tried the oat milk chai, which has always been my favorite drink, but I added brown sugar syrup to it. It's heaven and I'm feeling better already. Okay, well... Well, you had the subtitles. Right, anyway, you you, you understand. So, so this, this guy is, uh, has had plastic surgery and puts on makeup and pretends to be a girl and then goes through the scanner and complains that they're like, I don't get it. You look like a girl, but you've got uh, a penis. I think down there. <laughs> of course that's going to happen. Of course that's flipping going to happen. Nobody's transphobic. That's just the kind of crap that's going to happen to you if you go around pretending to be a girl, but you're a man. And this guy does a very good job of it. He's very convincing as a woman, but he's still a man. And here's the, so what's really, what what drives me really crazy is that you get people like this complaining that regular guys don't want to date them because they're like, I look like a woman. I'm beautiful. Men should want to date me. (laughs) Still have a penis? They're like, you're transphobic if you don't want to date a trans woman. It's like, no, because I'm not, I don't want to date guys. All right. I want to date women, real women. I don't want to date a guy with lipstick on. And uh, it's weird to me that, I mean, they're, they're obviously crazy. There's obviously like, you know, a, an attention-seeking type behavior, uh, t- type attitude to have. Um, what's the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. So 
in the UK a while back, there was a there was a situation where um, somebody had gone on like a Tinder date. They had met somebody on Tinder and gone out with them, and they had a lovely time. You know, the guy was really nice to the girl and everything. And at the end of the date, she called him and wanted to date him again and, and was texting him and stuff. And he ended up writing her this really long message. I don't know if it's e- an email or a text or whatever, but she ended up posting it online. And she got a lot of attention for it. And the guy said, look, I really like you. You're a nice girl. When I met you um, on Tinder, you know, I thought you were very beautiful. And then when I met you in real life, I realized you don't actually look really anything like your Tinder pictures. And I'm not as attracted to you in real life as I was in the Tinder pictures. I don't want to, like, hurt you by saying that. But your Tinder pictures don't really look anything like you in real life. Like, you're much heavier in real life than you are in your Tinder pictures. And there is this this thing with women. Well, yeah, there is a thing with women where they will obviously well, they will take pictures of themselves at certain angles to make themselves look a lot skinnier. Some women will do that. Well, this is deceptive, right? If they're trying to get a date... Of course, the guy's going to be disappointed if she's if she looks way different than she looks in her. You know, you got to advertise yourself accurately. What Otherwise, if you are kind of okay on the pictures, but very beautiful in real life. You like me? Oh <laughs> uh, well, that's a lot better, right? Uh, except like back when I was single, I I did try to use dating apps. I never got a single date from a dating app ever because I don't look good in photos. No, you look good. I saw your pictures. I I had I had never matched with anybody I liked. I never ended up going on a, any. T- I've never been on a date from Tinder or any if of those. You don't think you look good on pictures? Yeah. I would actually leave it like it is. Yeah. If you better look better in real life, and yeah. guy would be like, "Okay, she's good. I, we can go on yeah. a date." And then she comes and she's be more beautiful. It's like. I like her, like you know. It's yeah. I mean, I mean, way. it's better if you're not as attractive in in the pictures as you are in real life. That's a better situation. Um, but like, obviously, when I was single, it would have been nice to be able to get any girl I want on the app. Uh, but that was not possible because I don't think my pictures are particularly good. But in real life, it was much better because 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 in real, I I feel like if you met somebody online, I don't I don't have a lot of experience with that, so I don't know. But I imagine that a lot of the time you would find them to be unpleasant in real life but if you're just meeting people in real life you can tell very quickly whether or not you click with the person like all of the girls that i've i've i've, been, I've had as girlfriends have been girls that immediately when i met them i realized not only do i think they're beautiful okay i'm bringing up exes whatever not only do i think they're beautiful but i click with them like my personality clicks right and so you you immediately are like okay we could probably be some have some kind of relationship you can tell very quickly with tinder i don't know how you would ever be able to figure that out like you just date somebody you find attractive and then you don't get... I mean, I guess it's not really for for getting a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It's more for, like, hooking up or whatever. But um, I, that, that wasn't my scene, you know. I, I wanted to actually date a girl that I would maybe have a connection with or something. Uh, back in the day, back in the old days. Uh, but, yeah, but if but the, wor- the worst thing to do is to make yourself look absolutely stunning in your profile for your dating apps. I know people like this. And then, oh, you do? Yeah. And then they meet you in real life and they're just like, wow, you are really unattractive in real life. Like, And so, but anyway, so she posted this thing. She posted this thing on uh, online and she got all of this support. Like, oh, that guy's so terrible. He's just, he's just been conditioned by society not to like fat people and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, no, 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 no. There are guys who like fat girls. There are guys who like skinny girls. 
This is one of the guys that like a, like skinny girls. Yes, in society, certainly there are more guys that like skinny girls than like fat girls. Obviously, there are you know there's a whole industry around like modeling clothes and stuff like that where you know our society certainly romanticizes the the, the skinnier, more athletic girls for sure. You know, certainly girls that are overweight feel bad about that. I understand that whole situation, but that's not so much a conditioning of society as a reflection of society because you have more men who like that particular type. So the guy says, you're too fat. You're not my type. He's really super nice about it. This girl posts his letter online and starts to shame him with all these other women coming on going, oh, yeah, he's awful. He's horrible. He's the worst. He's so stupid. And I'm reading this, and I went in there. This was when Facebook was still popular. I went in, and I started commenting on it. I got in a big fight with all these ladies. Like, that guy has a total right to have certain tastes. And you women have no right to act as if he's a horrible person for writing this letter because he's actually a really awesome guy. I would have just ghosted her. But this guy tried to have a nice date. And in fact, in the letter, he said, I tried to get past my you know, superficial appreciation of you, but I couldn't. I'm just not attracted to you. Totally honest. You know, the guy's trying to do the right thing. And th- then this girl goes and shames him online. I mean, this is just like this, this trans person, right? Like a lot of these trans people are like, people should just accept me for who I am. But you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. You're pretending to be a woman and you're a man. You're not going around with a sign that says, I'm actually a man pretending to be a girl. You're going around and saying, I'm, I'm actually a woman. You're not actually a woman. You're not actually a woman. You're just trying to trick people into thinking you're a woman. And granted, that dude's doing a pretty good job of it. But still, it's a lie. It's a deception. I, I, I actually think that it's, it's good that most men can't, uh, can't get away with it quite that well, right? It's it's good that most like I think that if you would meet that guy in real life, you'd be like, there's something a little weird about this woman. Like, you know how I was saying, like when you meet people in real life, you can click or not click. Uh, I I don't think that I would click. I think I'd be like, what's up with this chick? Like, she's weird. (laughs) She's kind of like a dude, maybe. Um, I suspect you would you would know, Uh, but it's harder to tell on video. I never dated in. I never use dating apps. I don't know how that works. Just so. just the point the point I'm trying to make is that I don't like people who deceive other people into thinking there's something they're not in any instance. Right? I, I think in every instance that's bad, but especially dating. Right? Don't they have a whole show about this called Catfish on on uh I think that's a little worse because you're even you're not even using your own pictures, I think. All right. Anyway. Uh you have anything to say about it? It's just so weird like ex-girlfriends dating apps and i was like if i meet a guy i did for like four years like no no dates you know no dating apps uh-huh. it's like kind of i think it's good that you never used a dating app yeah yeah i mean yeah i like never you really have the, you have this real uh, you're meeting in real life yeah yeah Having the real life connection is better. Yeah. But you know, I, I I don't think meeting on dating apps is bad necessarily. No, but it's I, I don't think it's Elijah people... and Kez met on because she was like a fan of his show. A buddy of mine named Elijah, he's on the show slightly offensive. His wife was a fan of his show. And she she reached out to him and they started chatting and then he married her. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to leverage my power as a as a YouTuber because I met her before I started my show. So I was never able to indulge in that uh, 
in that uh, in that whatever that you would uh, that experience. I guess. No, she's mentioning exes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just one. Don't be yeah. crazy. All right, shall we? Uh, shall we move on to the next story, darling? Uh, yeah. Education secretary, it's yeah. too soon to say if schools can reopen by fall. Yeah, this is a little bit disappointing, actually. So, oh, that's a little funny. I'm 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 kind of blocking this. Let me let me adjust. I gotta I gotta slide over here a little bit. There we go. All right. Education secretary says it's too soon to say if schools can open by fall. I mean. Okay, just before I read this, I just want to say, this is because of the teachers' unions. This has nothing to do with safety. This has nothing to do with doing the right thing. This has nothing to do with anything about science or sensibility. This has everything to do with the teachers' unions demanding that the schools stay closed, and they continue to do this uh, Zoom classes nonsense. Uh, So the education secretary is waffling about whether or not schools will open because he doesn't want to get on the bad side Huh? Doesn't want to work. Well, he has to work no matter what, but he doesn't want to get on the bad side of teachers' unions who don't want to work. Uh, let's see here. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona said it's premature to determine if schools can resume in-person instruction this fall, despite a growing body of evidence that shows that students can safely return to the classroom. In a Wednesday interview with MSNBC's Chris Hayes, Cardona said the rate of COVID-19 transmission in the community would play a role in determining whether K-12 students would receive face-to-face instruction. Hayes pressed uh, Cardona for the Education Department's stance on whether remote learning should continue at the start of 2020. 20- 2021-2022 school year, it's premature to tell, Cardona said. One thing I know, as a former commissioner of education, COVID-19 numbers will dictate how we move uh, to reopen schools. I mean, what he's saying sounds reasonable, but isn't reasonable, because kids don't really transmit COVID-19 very well. And all over the world, they reopen schools, and it's been fine. It's just, he's just, he's just, he's just pandering to the teachers' unions, and he's basically lying about uh, why he's doing what he's doing. <laughs> So it's not just about what's happening in the schools. It's about what's happening in the community. Cardona's, well, of course it's not about what's happening in the schools because the schools are closed. <laughs> like It couldn't be about what's happening in the schools. Cardona's comments came just hours. I guess maybe he's saying it's not just about keeping the schools safe with, uh, with certain measures or something. I don't know, whatever. Cardona's comments came just hours after the Education Department's National Safe School Reopening Summit during, uh, during which educators from across the United States discussed safe reopening strategies. New Jersey Governor Phil uh, Phil Murray announced the same day that families uh, would not have an option to continue remote learning next fall unless the uh, world goes sideways. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky in February said the schools can safely reopen before teachers have access to the coronavirus vaccine. A January study from the nation's top infectious disease experts found that coronavirus outbreaks in classrooms have been rarely reported, and the American Academy of Pediatrics study found that uh, coronavirus transmission is extremely rare in the classroom setting. Uh, Biden administration originally pledged to reopen schools by the end of April. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has since walked back that claim and now says the administration wants some students learning in person at least one day a week. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, we're going to get half the schools open. And then Saki's like, uh, what we mean by open is we mean open one day a week. That's what we mean by open. Uh, That was just such BS. Uh, While students have returned to the classroom faster than minority... Oh, sorry. White students have returned to the classroom faster than minority students, despite evidence that remote learning has uh, widened racial disparities in education and disproportionately harmed black and Hispanic students. This is why we need school vouchers and privatization. 
because in in such cases, I'm not sure that they could mandate that schools stay closed because private schools could have a different could, could decide for themselves to reopen. I mean, I guess they could still close them in the same way that they're like gyms have to be closed. But I I think that it, like you you wouldn't have all this pressure from the teachers unions because each individual you know the government would be would have like I think a little bit less they they would be pressured less in that instance if if the schools weren't weren't all controlled by the teachers unions. Um, let's see here: fifty eight percent of black students, fifty six percent of Hispanic students con- continue to learn from home, compared with just twenty seven percent of white students, according to new education department study. Uh, Cardona said the findings uh, called those findings encouraging, but said the department still has a lot of ground to go to close the critical gaps in in learning access for students of color. How is that encouraging? I don't understand how this is encouraging. It's like so weird. Like these Democrats are so annoying. They just none of their policies make any sense. They're they're irrational. They're um, well, it's just they're beholden to the teachers' unions. They don't actually. They are not actually acting in the best interest of the American public because the teachers' unions. Do you know about the teachers' unions? Teachers' unions basically have so much voting power. They're such a large constituency of the Democrats that they can basically just demand things of Democrat politicians, and the Democrat politicians just have to say okay. So they just make whatever demands they want. It's absolutely terrible. It's extortion. You're looking at the brightness of your face. <laughs> it's very exciting. Uh, it's it's basically extortion for votes. And uh, we need to stop that kind of stuff in America. Let's move on to the next story. Okay. Washington. <laughs> I have a problem with V and W. Washington Post falsely reports there is no mi- migrant search. Yeah, so the Washington Post, apparently they had to change a story. Why is everything, why, why am I covering everything up here? Just, I'll do that. Let's see here. Um, they had to correct uh, the headline of a story and some of the words in the story because they they said there's no migrant surge, which is obviously not true. Now I'm not sure why they were forced to do this. Like who forced them to do this? I don't know if they just realized that they did something wrong. They fixed it themselves. But according to this article, they they've uh, they've been forced to correct this. Um, Washington Post updates headline that claimed there's no migrant surge. The Washington Post has corrected a headline that claimed there was no migrant surge at the U.S. border, uh, though it was though it chose to say the article had been updated rather than corrected, and now claims that the surge is actually a predictable pattern. It's a predictable pattern, Valeria. Uh, the update follows a correction that the publication was forced to issue earlier this month in an article that attributed fictional quotes to um, President Donald Trump, right? Because they said that Donald Trump had... Uh, had pressured this uh, this politician in Georgia to find to find uh, a fake ballots or something mm-hmm. like that to find uh, corruption like invent corruption. The Washington Post had lied about that, and now they're lying about this. Okay, the Washington Post original headline on Wednesday read: "There's no migrant surge at the U.S. southern border." Uh, here's the data. The headline has since been amended to: "The migrant surge at the U.S. border is actually a predictable pattern." Let's have a look at this. Actually, so. Um. I, you can't actually read that, I don't think, because my head's in the way. But it says, there's no migrant surge at the southern border. Here's the data. And then the subtitle is, evidence reveals the usual seasonal bump plus some of the people who waited during the pandemic. <laughs> usual, usual seasonal bump. 
Yeah, this is obviously a very this like is a once, very you obvious mean like lie. Once, once in four years, when there is a democratic, yeah, president. Yeah, this is a very obvious lie. The migrant surge at the U.S. southern border is actually a predictable pattern. They say uh, this is the new this is the new headline. Evidence reveals the usual seasonal bump. Plus, some people waited the pandemic, so their their subtitle is the same. They also had to change and says this post has been updated. No, it hasn't. The the it was corrected is what happened. Uh, they also had to change this here. It said, um, "It said what we're seeing, in other words, isn't a surge or crisis, but a predictable seasonal shift. When the numbers drop again in June and July, the policymakers may be tempted to claim that their deterrence policy succeeded, but that'll just be the usual seasonal drop. Not true. This is completely false. So they've changed it to, what we're seeing right now is a predictable seasonal shift. When the numbers drop again in June and July, policymakers may be tempted to claim that their deterrent policy succeeded, but it'll just be the usual seasonal drop. I mean, they're still claiming the same things. They're just using different words, so it doesn't sound quite as bad uh, as their original article. But, you know, it, it's still, it's, they're still lying. But the original article is pretty bad. Uh, brazen about the lie. Earlier this month, okay, so then it talks about the, the Trump thing. Earlier this month, the Washington Post issued an apology from uh, for fictional quotes that were misattributed to President Trump during the phone call with Georgia uh, a Georgia election official. Um, and I'm not going to get into that because we've all read about that already. But what I will say is that it seems like the Washington Post is very quickly losing all credibility. I mean, I don't really understand why anyone reads the Washington Post or watches MSNBC or watches CNN. Are you trying to get a little bit of sun on your face or like you just like goofing around or anyway. Anyway, the point is that these leftists, newspapers and media outlets, they prey on the gullible, right? So you've got all these gullible people out there and they're, hello, and they're willing to believe just about anything left-wing media tells them. And so left-wing media is actually, um, sort of pushing the envelope of what is what they can get away with. They, they will basically just say anything they want, whether it's true or not. And the, here's the problem. Like, my channel, Mr. Reagan, has been stifled by YouTube. And the reason why they say they censor conservatives, by the way, the reason, the reason they claim this, all the different social media sites, is because they are pretending that what we're we're doing as conservatives is spreading misinformation. Now, I never spread misinformation. I may say something that's wrong occasionally, but I'm never intentionally spreading misinformation. The Washington Post clearly does intentionally spread misinformation. Uh, we get things like when, when Twitter censored the uh, New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop. That was not misinformation. That was the truth. But they pretended it was disinformation so they could block it from their site. The same thing's going on with YouTube now. I'm being censored because YouTube is pretending that I'm dangerous or I'm spreading misinformation or something like that. I do not. I spread the truth. If I ever say something that's wrong, I'll say that it's wrong. If I ever say something that's my, my opinion or speculation, I will say, this is my opinion. This is speculation. I don't present speculation as news. I don't present my opinion as news. But when I do express something that is news, it is true. I had one story eliminated from YouTube. They actually took it off of YouTube. Um, this was a long time ago when I said that the fires uh, over the summer were uh, that, that there were police officers in Oregon who believed that those fires were started by Antifa. That was the, the, the report that I gave. And I'll tell you why that's true. Because I know, personally, I know that there are police officers 
that I have heard from myself who have said this. Now, I don't know if YouTube thinks that that didn't happen, that I didn't hear from these police officers, or if they think that because they don't think it's true, it doesn't matter what these police officers say. But all of that is 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 really, I mean, I'm reporting the truth, okay? Whether YouTube wants to believe it or not, I'm reporting the truth, okay? Whether YouTube agrees with it or not. That's the whole way that we can have that we can have a, a, a reasonable and fair and just society is if leftists get a chance to express the ideas that they believe are true and if conservatives get to express the ideas that they believe are true and we get to report the news accurately, right? I, I pride myself on being as accurate as humanly possible, right? I check and I double check my sources and I present things that I know are true and if I do say something that's a mistake, I'll say I apologize. I realize that that was that was that was not actually true. Um, retractions, of course, are, are very difficult because nobody cares about the retraction. They only ever usually care about the original story. Like I'll tell you something I messed up on. I originally, when I made my brains behind AOC video, I actually attributed her success to uh, what's his name, Jank Uger of the Young Turks, because, and the reason I attribute it to him is because he was taking credit. He was saying that he developed Justice Democrats. He was saying that that was all his project, but it wasn't. That was all a lie, okay? He was basically just lying on his show, taking credit for all this stuff. It was originally created by a guy named Zach Exley. It was all created by this guy, Zach Exley, and I only found out that, that found that out after I produced that video, and so I produced a second video, which very few people watched compared to the first one. I mean, a lot of people watched it, in which I went through and I explained what the actual truth was, like what the actual situation was. So I made a little bit of a mistake with the Jank Uger thing. Now, he was definitely involved in the whole situation, but he wasn't the mastermind. The mastermind was this guy, Zach, actually. So I corrected that in the second video. I made a whole video just to correct that point and you know, to, to dig in deeper and to do a more in-depth thing. But, uh, yeah, I try to produce the truth. I try to express myself as honestly as I can, and I get punished for it. The Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, these organizations deceive people on purpose. They deceive people on purpose. And they are never punished by YouTube. They are never punished by Twitter. They're, you know, there's no, there's no consequence at all. These are supposed to be legitimate news? No, they're not. I am far more legitimate than the Washington Post. I am far more legitimate than MSNBC and flipping Rachel Maddow, who pretends to be a reporter, who's just spouting off nonsense and lying all the time about Trump, talking about how amazing Biden is. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with Biden. He's perfect. All right. Sorry. That's for YouTube algorithms. Yeah, that's for the YouTube algorithm. That wasn't sarcastic. Okay. Sorry for the rant. Shall we move on to the next story? Yeah. All right, go for it. Oh, we have a super chat right. from Scott Townsend. Uh, LOL, why are you telling Elijah's life? I didn't even know that she was his fan before they got hitched. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is that bad? Should I not have said that? Uh, well, I don't think it's a huge secret. Yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. I mean, he talks about it like it's not a big deal. But you're right. I maybe I shouldn't have said that. But uh, so shh, nobody tell anybody. <laughs> it's just between us, guys. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think he cares. I think he's cool. 
I didn't. I I had no intention of like revealing a secret of his. It's just a funny thing. I don't know. It just came to my mind. Yeah, I probably shouldn't be talking about that though. I don't always um, think before I I speak. Probably, probably not a good thing. Uh, anything else? No. Oh right. Shall we do the next story? Yeah. Uh, White House denies Fox News is being unfairly treated. Yeah. Let me. Um. Okay. So this is kind of a weird thing. I I don't know if I actually agree with the, uh. Well, okay. I think I maybe agree with the White House here to some degree. Because I don't know if Fox News is being uh, unfairly treated. I think they do call... Because this is about Peter Ducey, right? Which is the reporter for Fox News who covers the White House. And I think he actually does get quite a few uh, opportunities to ask questions of Jen Psaki. Um, I think that the only problem is he doesn't get the opportunity to ask Biden things. But that's because Biden only asks certain people or you know, only calls on certain people to ask questions because it's all sort of orchestrated, I think. Like, he knows what the questions are, he knows what the answers should be, and he calls on the people who are going to ask those specific questions. So Peter Ducey, of course, isn't going to be in on that charade. Um, so I do think there's a scandal here, but I don't think it's the scandal is that the White House is being unfair to Fox News. I think that the scandal is that um, the White House orchestrates the, the press conference with Biden and stuff like that. So let's see here. White House denies Fox News is being unfairly treated. Um by Jack Phillips for the Epoch Times. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki denied claims from a Fox News reporter on Friday that the network is being treated unfairly after a correspondent, Peter Ducey, was not called on by President Joe Biden a day earlier. Ducey claimed that his network is often left off the lists of reporters who can ask, uh, who can question Biden. <clears throat> Coming after photos emerged of the president holding a list of reporters that uh, apparently indicated who he should call on. And actually, I have that... Um let me try to add that. I gotta add a new source here. Um, window capture, I think. Yeah. Let's see here. Add source, and we're gonna go like this. And we're gonna go like this. And we're gonna go like. Um. Yeah, I can't find it on here. So, yeah. Well, maybe maybe if I open it. There we go. Nope. I don't know why I can't show you guys my my screen. I wonder if I can just do desktop. Oh my gosh, he has all the questions and people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me just do desktop here. Display capture. Boom. There we go. So this is I don't know if you guys have seen this. Um but this is are you watching the show? You're watching on your laptop? Mm-hmm. Can you see that it, is it it's coming up? It's a little up? bit delayed, so... Right, so you can't see it yet. But hopefully this comes up on your guys' screens. But, um, yeah, so so this came out. Somebody had taken a photo of this. This is Biden at the press conference, and he's basically got a list of all the reporters there, all their names, and I assume what company they work for. And then they have numbers. You see, like, one over here next to this yeah, guy. Yeah, you can see it. And then you have number nine over here. So like he 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 knows who he's supposed to pick. He he knows so, who he's supposed to pick. So are you sure it's not photoshopped? I don't think so. I think that this is, I think this is genuine. I don't. I'm I'm sorry. I don't have a better image. This is the best I could find. But yeah, it's all the whole thing's orchestrated. They they know the questions ahead of time. They know the answers. 
That's what this image indicates to me. Is it like one, two, nine? It's like the the questions, first question, second question? Yeah, exactly. Call on this guy but first. But you still have to remember first, one, second, <laughs> one, third, one, first. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you have to give him a credit. You know, I think, I think uh, Trump didn't have a list of people. He was just like, you, what's your question? He's like, you fake news, what's your question? Yeah. <laughs> Let me see your... Let me see this fake news. Exactly. How exactly. how could I when he is like walking from the helicopter or to the helicopter? He's like, okay, let me stop by fake news. I cannot. I couldn't pass you guys. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Trump ever had like a anything orchestrated about how he took questions in a press conference. He was just like, all right, Fox, I like you guys. Fake news, CNN. What's your question? You know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, th- you know, he was never prepped. Nobody gave him the questions ahead of time in any press conference he ever he did. Didn't, he didn't need them. No, he didn't need them because he wasn't, he wasn't senile like some presidents. All right. So, um, let me continue to read this. Let's see here. Oh, 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 what did I do? What did I do? What did you do? What did you do? I don't know. I don't know. Hold on. Least professional show on YouTube. Least professional show on YouTube, guys. Part oh, there 65. we go. That's it. Where's our? This is this is supposed to be us, right? Well, we are done with the uh, articles anyway. Right. We can take some questions now. There we go. That's it. You guys have. A well, I was going to read the rest of this article. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, no problem. But people can start writing questions so we can... Well, here it says, Ducey claimed that his network is often left off lists. And he, and, um, he's, he said that four other TV networks, CBS, ABC, NBC, PBS, are given preferential treatment. He says, I'm curious that if the administration... He, he says, I'm curious if that's the official administration policy. Ducey asked Saki on Friday. So he actually asked Saki about this. And she said, well, we're having a conversation, aren't we? Pisaki told him in her flinty, nasty voice. And then she says, uh, and do I take questions from you every time I come into the briefing room? Has the president taken questions from you since he came into office? Yes or no? Do you see that? But actually, I'm not sure the president has taken questions from him. Sure, certainly, uh, Pisaki has. Pisaki responded by saying that she takes questions from Ducey every day and appears regularly on Fox News. I'd say I'm always happy to have this conversation with you, even about the awesome socks you're wearing today. And have a conversation with you even when we disagree, she said. The president has taken your questions and I'm looking forward to doing Fox News Sunday and and uh, this Sunday for the third time in the last few months. Biden took questions from reporters with 10 news outlets during his first news conference Thursday, including PBS, the Associated Press, the Washington Post, ABC, Wall Street Journal, which is owned by Fox uh, News parent company News Corp, NBC, CBS, CNN, Univision, and Bloomberg, according to The Hill. Uh, these are all left-wing uh, news organizations, except the Wall Street Journal opinion section is conservative, but the Wall Street Journal news section is, in fact, very left-wing. Ducey later said that the Fox News broadcast after the Thursday news conference, <coughs> sorry, uh, that he had a binder full of questions to ask Biden. He added, nobody ever asked Biden about his big plan that he's got, this big idea to completely transform the economy and make it all green. That's something we're hoping to get on board with, and there was really not a lot of questions about uh, COVID, particularly the investigation into the origins of it. Fox News anchor John Roberts suggested that the 
uh, on air that Saki's statement about Biden taking Ducey's questions is false. Ducey has never been on the list. He's only gotten questions when he has shouted them at the president, Robert said. Um, I think John Roberts probably should have been a little clearer about Jen Psaki does take Ducey's questions. It's just it's just Biden that doesn't. Biden doesn't tend to take his questions. Um, Biden, but again, I I think it's because Biden's questions are all orchestrated. His press conference is orchestrated. Everything he does is orchestrated, and he just won't take because he can't he can't deal with that. If conservatives were asking him questions, it would be too difficult for him. He wouldn't be able to. He'd look like a fool. So they can't they can't afford to let him take questions from conservatives. Anyway, do you have anything to say about this? Uh, no. Mm-mm. I okay. already said everything I wanted. All right. Well, why don't we close out the news segment? That's it for the news for today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move on to the Q and A. Daniel Pichu. Daniel says you missed my super chat. Sorry. You, I probably maybe I did. I think I did. Because right. somebody's talking so much. Hey, I, I hate to tell you this, babe. That's my job. I know. <laughs> okay, uh, Daniel, can you write uh, your question again? We will see it. Oh, Frank James has a question. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Oh, you got that one? I, okay, I remember. Okay, Frank James. Uh, you need to feature Valeria in Mr. Ragged videos. You did. Well, okay, so my Mr. Reagan videos, I don't, I don't feature Valeria. Uh, but, oh, Daniel Korska wrote, you missed my super chat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, he might be joking. I don't know. No, I saw, I think he wrote something about New York. And I read this and I was like, okay, we have a super chat. Okay, Chris, keep talking. I'm listening to you. And I forgot about this. Um, Frank James writes, how do you put your browser on our screens and your own video? The box with you and Valeria. Um, I use a program called OBS. OBS. I actually use uh, Streamlabs OBS. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a fancy program that lets you do that stuff. Uh, Otaku Magnet writes: You should use a third party super chat so YouTube doesn't take thirty percent while shadow banning you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Actually, P- uh, parties take less too. Do they take thirty percent? Does YouTube take thirty percent of my super not. chats? Is that true? I hope not. Don't tell me that. I know. I'll look that up. I'll look that up and see if that's true. Jeff Ball says, "How come you keep saying you're you're fat, but you're wearing a hoodie like someone with no meat on their bones? It's hot out. Come on, man. It's not that hot out, actually. It's actually kind of chilly here in California. It's, it's right cold, now. yeah. For me, it's cold. Sorry. Um. Well, I wear. I wear. I. I started to wear this. Because I was, uh, you know, I'm trying to work out. So I was like, well, I'll wear my workout clothes because it's more of an informal thing, this show, than my other show. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to use the Peloton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wore this and this kind of became a, something like of a uniform. This or my, I have another like cool undershirt. Uh, so like a sweatshirt and then uh, the jacket have become, because the, the sweatshirt alone doesn't look that great. But with the jacket, it looks pretty good. So I We can start a new thing. If you want to ask a question... Uh, send money to PayPal. <laughs> I, well, let's look that up. I'm not sure they're right. I they, mean, they, they may be right. It's true. Everybody's saying like, yes. Mark in Alberta says, yes, Valeria sent 100 the other night, lost 25 bucks. <laughs> oh, I hope that's not true. That's terrible. It's true. Oh my God. Yes, they take 30% of the super chats, under 100, anything over 100, they take 50%. You, but, they don't yes. have, but they don't have super chat over 100 you need to set up Streamlabs. They take like 1%. Okay, well, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll set it up so that, that we get Super Chats through that other thing. 
Uh, but I don't know. YouTube is is an absolute evil company. We should find ways to m- remove ourselves from YouTube anyway. Um, I was thinking about doing a um, my own <laughs> my my own uh, uh, social media cha- thing, uh, but I don't know. We're gonna have to. I'm talking to my friends about it. So I don't know if that'll happen. I think it's very difficult to start a social media network. Uh, but uh, we, we'll give it a shot. Why not? Um, all right. Are we good for the day? Aston Aston didn't miss Super Chats. Okay. Well, you want to see Aston? Let's... Hey, 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 hey. We still didn't get the Super Chat from Daniel. Grace, what are you doing? He's not happy. He's not happy that you. Oh. <laughs> he jumped up and just laid down. There you go. Want to say hi to the people? Nope. Okay. He wants to run away. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Yeah. He's acting a little weird. Why is he in a bad mood? He wasn't like. <laughs> yeah. Are you trans, Aston? I mean, he's fine now. He just doesn't want to be on camera, I guess. At least he's not, like, screaming and crying. Well, not yet. I think he's going to. Yeah. <sighs> all, like... all right, ladies and gentlemen, I guess that's it for the day. Unless, unless, uh, do you want to read something else? We good? Um, I feel bad that I missed that super chat. Well, we'll catch him tomorrow. He's on every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, you guys have an awesome day. Thank you so much for uh for watching the the show all the way through and we will see you guys on monday i guess monday because we're tomorrow today's friday today's friday all right well gosh we'll see you next week i'm gonna be working all on mr reagan videos this weekend so i'll get a bunch of